Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. So in James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we know that He is dealing with the dispersed church. He is communicating with the church in dispersion, and He tells them, count it all joy. When you mean trials of various kinds, for you know, all right, when you see, when you see that for, when you see, um, you know, this preposition, they're telling you that this preposition has an object. What is the object of the preposition? Um, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. This is going to do something in your life. In other words, if you're looking for a reason to count it joy, count it joy because God is doing something in your life. In the face of trials, God's clear demand, clear command, clear challenge, clear exhortation here in James chapter one and verse number two is to count it all joy. Um, now, we've got to back up and, and say something here. We've got to just slow our roll and represent something that just gets looked over a lot. Um, a lot of us don't want trials at all. We, we, we don't like them. We don't like it. We don't like the way it feels. And I, I would even say that we need sort of this double uh, mentality about those, you know, uh, you know, we, we just finished going through Job, um, on Sundays in our local church. And, uh, you know, uh, it is super clear from the book of Job that the entire trial of Job's life. And then also you can look at the life of Joseph, the entire trial of Joseph's life. It came from the Lord. So in the middle of our trials that we're being told to count joy, we, we first have to just stop and say, this is from the Lord. We at least have to consider it. Is this from the Lord? I'll never forget. Um, I was teaching about the life of David and uh, long story short, um, I don't want to use up all my time on this. It's a beautiful illustration though. Uh, David's son is rebelling against him. David is having to flee Jerusalem. He's crossing He's crossing this creek and this guy comes out and just basically cusses him out. David's one of David's, uh, you know, mighty man is with him. And he's like, hey, King, would you like me to go over there and cut that guy's head off? And uh, David at least puts the situation on the uh, the uh, on the block to consider whether it's from the Lord. So he tells the guys like, no, this this might be from the Lord. Like, say what? Say what, you, you know, David, this guy's cussing you out and you're not going to, you know, you know, use your kingly authority, use your, your mighty power and shut his mouth. You know, David doesn't say he is or he isn't. He just says, I'm not right now because this could be from the Lord. We've got to start to look at our trials and say, is this from the Lord? We've got to at least consider it. And that, that if we'll just consider it, it stops us from being uh, lizard brained. You know, lizard. When you're lizard-brained, you just react to things. Um, 
I like the way my friends Jamie and Ruffin Shackleford told me one time years and years ago. They said we need to have a, a wizard brain, uh, not a not a lizard brain. Lizards just react, uh, but wizards respond. You know, lizards just do whatever they feel, but wizards concoct a solution. I always love that illustration. So if you're going to count it all, Joy, if you're going to count. All the trials of various kinds we face, joy, we first have to say, I'll say it's a threefold thing. Number one, uh, don't, don't simply trust your feelings. Number two, consider whether it's from the Lord. And number three, know, know that whether it's from the Lord or not, know that God is going to use it. Let's go back again. I reference it all the time because we need it referenced all the time, that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, that we might be conformed into the image of Jesus. So, you know, framework one here, if we're going to consider something, Joy, framework one is I'm not going to trust my feelings about it. Two, I'm going to at least consider is whether this is from the Lord. And three, no matter what, whether it's from the Lord or not, I know God's going to use it to accomplish his good purposes. And his, his, his greatest purpose for me is to make me just like Jesus. So that changes everything. If we'll adopt that, that changes everything. It changes everything. All right. So number two. In difficult seasons, difficult moments, we need to remember that God is shaping his children, and that's the reason for joy. James says in James chapter 1, verse 3, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So he says, consider it all joy when you meet trials. Uh, that's the command. All right. Let me, I don't want you just to blindly follow me. I, you know, I, if you'll allow me the dramatic effect. I think God said, I'm, I'm not asking you to blindly follow me. I'm going to give you a good reason to consider it joy. The good reason to consider it joy is because, because I am shaping you. I am producing something in you. I have a reason, sensible reason, an eternal reason, a holy reason to tell you to consider what you're going through joy. Okay. Now, it's no big secret. Um, if you've ever seen me, it's no big secret. I'm overweight. And um, I, I, I hate exercise. I hate it, um, but not for the reason you might think. I don't hate exercise just simply because I'm lazy. Um, I hate exercise because I, I, it is painful. You know, back surgeries, uh, over a dozen leg surgeries. Uh, man, everything hurts. <laughs> you know, from, from, from my chest down, it hurts. And honestly, I had a bad neck injury one time too. That thing hurts a lot of times too. So, so, you know, I, I just, I just want to avoid pain. I just want to be honest. I want to avoid pain. I don't like it. And so I, I don't like it about myself, but the truth is I want to avoid pain. So I want the testing. I want, 
I want the struggle to be over. I want the results without the pain. Uh, in other words, I want that. I tell people all the time, I do have, I was going to say I want a beach body. I do have a beach body. I have a beached whale's body. But I'm fine. No, you know what I mean. I want that, you know, quintessential beach body, right? But I want it while I am not exercising and also eating uh, whatever I want to eat. You know, I I think a lot of times we want joy um, and we'll define joy or we'll only consider whether something could be joyful if it's also not hard, not painful. So James is challenging us to have a real switch of thinking. Uh, consider it all joy. Why? Because God, God is putting you through the crucible. As the proverb writer says, the crucible is for silver. Okay. God is refining us. And that is very, very difficult. Um, one day I want to, I want to write a book on, I talk about it all the time. I just need time to do it. I want to write a book. I, I think I want to call it violent discipleship. God's commitment to strenuous, uh, faith. Um, you know, pruning the image of pruning, the image of the refiner's fire, the image of iron sharpening iron. There's several more. There's all these images of discipleship and they're all violent. Okay. And so what James is saying is I'm telling you to count all the trials joy because God is using them to produce something in you. I'm telling you to count it joyful that God is working on you and embrace his process of shaping you. Um, well, you know, I'll say this. Um, uh, we don't want it, but it is worth it. We don't want the struggle, but the struggle is worth it. And so, um, you know, I mean, just think about it. Just think about it. The um, the other day, um, we have this little kitten. Um, we rescued it. Uh, I, we have no idea where its mother went, found it. Its eyes won't even open. It couldn't have been a three or four days old. It was pit pitiful. And now that that little that little rascal is all over the place. Uh, my wife and my daughters have just done a champion's job with it. And it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a healthy little kitten now. Um, and, uh, she, 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 um, she'll make a mess. We'll just put it like that. She'll make a mess and the girls will, uh, bathe her. And I don't know how, how much you've ever dealt with, with cats, but they don't tend to love water like that. And so she's in there just, just, you know, making a ruckus and she's still so small that you can just control her with one hand and she doesn't want to be in the sink. She doesn't want the mess to be cleaned off her fur, but you know, that doesn't deter my daughters at all. They, um, they're going to bring her through it because they, they care about her and they want to care for her. I think a lot of times we don't see how a broken world and our own sin defiles us and we, we actually need the washing of the word. We need, we need to be cleansed by fire. We need to be pruned. We, we need this. James is saying, embrace it. God's got a reason for it. So finally and thirdly, thirdly and finally, um, in the trials of life, God promises a useful product. 
Look back at verse four and let steadfastness or endurance or perseverance, let, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Um, our, our, all the stuff we're going through, you know, it is a process that God is using to make a product. He wants men and women of God, rock rib, gospel driven people who live in this world with passion and purpose, who care about the things of God, who live on mission. And so, uh, you know, God, God puts us through things, allows us to go through things. And he tells us all the trials you go through, I want you to consider them joy because I'm producing the sort of endurance in you that will really, really make you stable and mature and purpose driven. Somebody say amen. Now I want to just pause for just a second before we um, move all the way to the end. I want to pause. That's a lie. I want to pause for a couple minutes and, and think about something. Think about your prayer life for a moment. I've sat in a ton of prayer meetings where everything, you know, when you ask for prayer requests, everything, the way we pray and everything that we'll bring up um, oftentimes has been us asking God to, um, to get us out of the very messes that he is wants to use to make us into masterpieces. Um, God, get us out of this pain, get us out of this struggle. And I, and I certainly think as children of God, we can go to the throne of grace. You know, we have uh, family freedom to talk to God in this way. But I think our, 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 and so I'm not scolding anybody for saying, God, you know, end this sickness, help this situation to work, deliver my child, you know, whatever. I'm not saying that's wrong. I just think we ought to counterbalance that thinking with with this. God, thank you for the struggle. God, use the struggle in my life to produce an endurance in me that makes me stronger, that makes me more like Jesus. I think we ought to include the, you know, the, the childlike aspect of saying whatever we want to our dad ought to also include a kingdom-like reality of, 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 of embracing the struggle and the reasons God has for the struggle. I think that will radically change us. Um, God wants people who stay in the fight. Now, I think it was the, uh, it was Chickamauga or, the, or, or Shiloh, but I read a story one time how this guy had gotten wounded at the Civil War and he was very near his commanding general and, and the, you know, the general told him to go to the rear and, uh, and, and just a couple of minutes later, the general sees the guy again and he's like, you know, uh, you know, what are you doing? And, and the guy says, uh, this fight ain't got any rear. In other words, he had nowhere to go. You know, it, there, there was no rear to retire to and be, and be safe. Um, I, I think we just need to start seeing life like that. We're, we're, we're all in harm's way. Uh, and, and COVID-19 has taught us that there's, there's, there's nowhere to go that we're not facing this situation. We're, we're all in the thick of it. But I think something needs to switch up in us that we start seeing that, you know, God's going to do something through this. God's going to do something uh, with me, in me, through me, around me. God's going to produce a product out of this. So what is he doing in the minimum, in the barest minimum, which is the most beautiful maximum in the barest minimum? God is going to use this to shape me into the image of Jesus. So I have plenty of reason 
to, to count it joy. God has given me that sort of endurance that helps me stay in the fight. God is granting me that sort of grace that brings me near his throne. This is as, as the, um, uh, as our Italian American friends might say, this is not for nothing. <laughs> you know, God's do, this is, this is for something. <laughs> um, God is doing something. So as we look at this, this, uh, the book of James, as we get into it, uh, a shift has to happen in us where we just start counting it all joy. Why? Because that will produce steadfastness or endurance or perseverance. And such perseverance, such perseverance is the thing we need to give us the stay with it sort of mentality and, and, and strength that we will stick with God all the way to maturity. So we, we have to remember, we have to remember that we are in a fallen world. And because of that, when we look at our own past, we want it to be a classroom, not a prison. When we look at our present, uh, we want to be students, not victims. When we look at our future, we want to stand in the precious promises of God, not in the confusing chaos of man. Okay. And we want to be people who stay on mission. Our mission is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we dig through this handbook, let's keep those frameworks in mind. Maybe even write them down. And right before, right before we look at each portion of James, just say, okay, let, let me go through this again. Everything's broken. You know, the, the world has fallen. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm growing and learning. I'm a student who is, who is looking toward heaven, looking to God for everything. As I look toward God, I'm a student who stands in promises and stays on mission. Write it down, remember it, consider it, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, at all the various trials that come upon us. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Mm-hmm.